1: Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H, 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube, Music, Spotify, TuneIn Radio and all good podcast sites. Yes, it's Anthony the Bull Caruso once again. As if you're not sticking up with me as it is, I'm back for another episode and through the doom and gloom of 2020, array ray of sunshine. Nay, nay. An explosion of neon-style colours and a white cricket ball that's been dispatched to all areas and flashing zing fails lighting up the night. Yes, the Big Bash League is back and we are proud to celebrate the 10th season of this great competition. And after what we have been through, we can't wait for a bit of colourful fun to be injected back into our lives. Not only that, but we thought for this preview we'd inject some colour for us. We've got two guests joining us. Um, On either side of the break, there is going to be a bit of overlap. It's going to be absolutely awesome. But we thought for this, we have to go to one of the greatest cricket minds that the Sydney Sixers have never seen. Um, But he has applied his trade in the BBL with the Adelaide Strikers, formerly with Manly, formerly with the Bears, who have been absolutely gangbusters lately, back down in Melbourne. Adam Crossway, good evening to you. Hello, mate. How you doing? Long time, no chat. Absolutely. How has it been in Sekilda? We should mention to everyone as well. You're coming off a ton, and it has to be said for anyone who's seen the video clip, um, it, it, it seemed to feel like it had been a while since your previous ton. Mate,
2: it had been. I, I didn't make one last year, so it was nice to uh, yeah get off to a good start really this year, and uh, yeah, it was it was nice to get a hundred in round one. We've uh, we've obviously been locked down in Melbourne for a little bit longer than. Than most, and been very jealous watching uh, watching everything happen in Sydney Grade Cricket whilst sitting at home locked down in Melbourne. But uh, it was nice to get out there on the weekend. It was even better to get a uh, to get some runs and get off the mark, and to get a hundred was a bonus. So and a win it was go- it was nice.
1: And very quickly, your two former clubs, Manly and North Sydney, both off to lightning starts in the competition at the moment. Uh, indeed, like most of the North Shore teams at the moment, off to a great start this year.
2: Mate, it's been awesome. It's obviously I've, um, I stay really close with, uh, Sydney grade cricket and, uh, Manly. I was obviously there for 10 years and had a great year at, North's and, um, yeah, allegiance is, um, yeah, I guess a a split, but it was nice to, it's nice to see him off to a great start. And obviously some of the youngsters at Manly who I've had a lot to do with in Jack Edwards and Ollie Davies are stepping up and it's awesome to see Sock. Uh, full-time down there with the, with the boys at Manly. And um, Tom Jago, obviously, off to an amazing start again and has to be close to getting a game for New South Wales, you would have thought, probably following in the Solway type of um, situation and how you get picked by just banging down the door and, and making runs. But, um, yeah, it's great to see the Bears doing well as
1: well. Uh, we should, and we should mention um, their uh, their recent acquisition, Aidan barry Altonic tonning up for the first time in first grade. A, a monumental achievement for this, young, for this young man who's had to do the, the travels a bit to get a first grade gig and so special to see him ton up.
2: Yeah, it was awesome, mate. I've had a lot to do with Aiden as a, as a junior at Manly and, um, yeah, I had a really good chat to him in, in the off-season and uh, he, he rang me and pretty much sort of said, what's it like at the Bears and what are North Sydney like? And I gave my seal of approval and... Um, yeah, with the great Toddie Harper on the recruit, it was, uh, it was awesome to see Aiden get back from, uh, get back to the north side and to, to play at, play at North Sydney and to do well and start as well as he has. It's been awesome to see because he's a, he's a great kid. He's an absolutely great kid.
1: Look, we've got eight teams to go through, the big transfers, signings. We're going to make a couple of predictions as well. So looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the umpire strikes back and Hugh Jasser are at the end. It is signaled on for 7pm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off here with the first team, your former team, of course, in the BBL, the Adelaide Strikers. They, they had a pretty good year last year, round two of the finals, and they built up a bit of a solid all-round team with a bit of uh, youth and experience. Transfers interesting uh, to coming out. and Of course, uh, we've seen Jake Lehman get, get released. Uh, the the big bear himself, Cam White, of course, announcing his retirement. Billy Stanley going to the Melbourne Stars. But I'll tell you what, some decent signings this year. They picked up Matt Renshaw from Brisbane Heat, Daniel Worrell from the Melbourne Stars, and three kids um, promoted from the state squad: and Spencer Johnson, Liam Scott, and Danny Briggs. Your thoughts on those transfers?
2: Yeah, mate. Look, I think it's an interesting year for for Adelaide, and I, I think they've they've obviously had a few really good years. Uh, of late but look I, I think obviously losing a senior player in Cameron White's a tough one but I think he's sticking around as a batting coach but uh, look, I think they're going to be there and thereabouts they're They've got a good side. I I like, obviously love Alex Carey. I think he's a, he's a superstar. Uh, Having Travis Head there when you can is great. But yeah, I think as as a group that they'll be, they'll be there and thereabouts. They're they're coached well and they've got a great group of young boys coming through. This Liam Scott's uh, uh, someone to watch, I think.
1: Well, we should mention, of course, Dizzy Gillespie um, coaching them and uh, we all, look, Even as a bowler, we all look up to Dizzy Gillespie because he's one of the few that can actually bat. But, uh, they have picked up the, um, their English, um, English, their, um, international signs, you should say, as well. Phil Salt's back for another year. But as always, the danger man with the ball for them is Rashid Khan. And I think he's going to do even more damage this year.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think Rashid Khan's one of the, the best in the world and he's amazing. And, uh, yeah, he'll take a lot of wickets for him. And I think Jake Weatherall at the top there is, um, he, he's a superstar. I think he'll play for Australia, and um, hopefully, he can have another good big bash. And the uh the strikers
1: can, yeah, get off to a good start, which is I think is key. Well, you, you say that as being key for for this team here. The, the strikers have for a while been there or thereabouts. Or they've always they've been consistently competitive in the competition. What do you think? Will it take for them to sort of go that to go that next step to win, take it take a premiership? Yeah, look,
2: I, I think with most teams, I think I think having a, a really good top order, and I think if Salt can get going and Weatherall, that's a pretty dangerous top couple, and um, that their ball bowl, their bowling has has been a strength. I think getting Worrell back uh, really helps them. Probably um, having Rashid Khan through the middle, but. Um, Look, I think they've got a list that can that can go pretty deep in the tournament. That's, um, but again, it'll come down to uh, a couple of players stepping up at the right time. But they've definitely got the firepower if they need it.
1: Well, uh, your prediction for this lineup, I, I I'm going that they are going to make they are going to make the top five again. We're not so sure because there's a few teams that sort of battling in that third to fifth place position. But I think they'll be there or thereabouts.
2: Yeah, look, I think so. I think with most with most seasons over the Big Bash, it'll come down to one or two games, or it actually probably comes down to who wins the close games, and that's um, and that just comes down to the boys uh, competing on the day and getting it done. If you can win the close games, you're probably going to make the playoffs. Otherwise, you're you're sitting down the
1: the back end. Let's go. To, let's go to the next team, the Purple Brigade, the Hobart Hurricanes. Adam Griffith coaching them. They they finished fourth last year, round one, eliminated in round one of the finals. And I'll tell you, the, the very interesting from this to start off with, no transfers out. They have got a massive squad this year, but then you look at the sli- signings that they've picked up now. Tim David from the Perth Scorchers, Peter Hanscom from the Melbourne Stars, David Milan has come over as one of their overseas signings, along with Will Jacks. They've picked up some deep Who we should point out at the moment, I believe, has actually tested positive for COVID nineteen, so he may miss the first couple of weeks of the competition, Colin Ingram from overseas and Nick Winter from South Australia. It's a big squad for them. They have been known over the last couple of years to really be a very damaging team, but I just get the feeling rocks or diamonds.
2: Yeah, look, I think Hobart are always sort of a dangerous side, and depending on um, who they've got in their squad, I think they've got a lot of sort of test guys there, and like in and around their squad, I guess in weighty and painy, who's sort of probably come in and out, but uh, I think Peter Hanscom's going to be a massive signing for them, I think him being strong at the top, and yeah, with obviously I did hear that um, Sandeep had actually tested positive, so that's going to be a really, really interesting. Thing that goes for and sticks around for, so that's uh, that that could hurt him a little bit. But look, I think they're well coached. They've got a, they've got a really good culture down there in Hobart, and um, like each year, they'll be dangerous. But again, same thing, and I'll probably say for every team, if they can win the close ones, they'll uh, they'll they'll be there.
1: You think you think Payne is a little bit disappointed he couldn't get Rashad Punt to to come down for this season. <laughs>
2: Yeah, knowing Payney well, I'm sure he's uh, he would have, he would have loved to have got him, and that was quite funny the other year. But um, it's it's good to see Payney sort of putting his hand up and getting back into the big bash. And um, yeah, they've got some damaging hitters, and like that they'll be if they can get it right. That um, they'll be they'll be there. I really think that Peter Hanskim um, is going to be a massive signing for
1: them. I think that's a that's a big one. One what, what of the curious things with this team that I've noticed is is the age of the Hurricanes. Yeah, you know, there's only just about all of the players, save for, and I'm serious about it, being a hand serious handful, are thirty age of thirty or under. From that, the only players above the age of thirty really is George Bailey, David Miller, and I think you'll find it Simon Malenko and Scott um, Boland. Sorry, Clive Rose as well. It's a very young squad, and. It's. It's. This is a team that. If they, you know, I think if they're they're shaping for the future, and I think if they hold them together, maybe in three, four years, two, three in two, three years time, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. Look, and this is, uh, I
2: think this is the interesting thing about um, the Big Bash and uh, the way the Big Bash sides put their team together. I, was, I guess what, what do you do? Do you do you work for what? Do you win the comp now, or do you try and sign long term and and work with the group? for a longer-term period. To me, personally, I, I think it's all about winning this year because it's so dynamic in the way that you can change your squads and get guys in and get guys out. I, I think the Big Bash, like the IPL, should be a little bit more let's win it this year and pick our best side for this year. Um, but some some franchises go the other way and probably try and get longer-term deals and some of the younger guys in and try and lock them in for a longer term. But... Um, I don't know, I I like the older teams, I like the uh, more experienced players, and I I like almost the privatised model of, hey, let's pick our best team right now to win the comp, and rather than do what we always do in Australian cricket, and we seem to be building for something that's three or four years away. But uh, I'd like to see him, um, I'd really like to see him try and win it this year and, uh, and go for it that way, but that's just... That's just the way that I do it. Well,
1: it's a very interesting point though, because, you know, you, this is the point of having academies, is it, to, to train some of them up. But, you know, you, you talk about picking your best players available right now, uh, you've got the academies and your second tier competitions to train the players up to, to, to eventually get into the competition itself. 100% mate, no, I
2: think this is, this is probably the the conversation of of how this works, it's like, well, do the academies meet anything in um, Big Bash time? But to be honest, there's not many guys that have been actually picked out of the academy to go into to the Big Bash throughout a year, so it's a it's an interesting way to look at things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go to your hometown now. the uh, The Hurricanes, I've got them top five as well, and you know similar similar positions there. I imagine for you to be about the same.
2: Yeah, I, I think so, mate. If that's that, that's probably around where they'll sit. And as I said, if they can win the close funds, they'll, they'll get going. Uh,
1: now we have to say out, out of interest. Are you red or are you green, mate? I
2: think, to be honest, I think I'm uh, I'm a little bit split at the moment. I'm I'm a bit of both. I I'm I'm red and green. But look, I think that there's some uh, I think there's some uh, yeah there's allegiances. I, I haven't yet quite got my red or green on in Melbourne. I'm I'm not sure. I'm still split. I like both. of them.
1: Good answer to that, good answer to that. Melbourne Renegades, coached by, uh, coached by a good mate of yours in Michael Klinger, absolutely, you know, probably one of the biggest tragedies in cricket in terms of him not playing more games for Australia from Victoria, and I think the other one's probably a gentleman by the name of B. Hodge.
2: It's all my you know. favourites, mate, you, you, you're speaking from the in-book there, it's, uh yeah, you know, look, Maxi Klinger and what he's done with uh the Renegades, I think he was thrown into it last year and it was a bit tough on him, but... Having a year under his belt, um, and growing the team the way he has. I'm,
1: I'm pretty optimistic about the, the Renegades this year. I think they'll be good. Let's, let's go through a couple of, let's go through a couple of the transfers here. A couple of these are quite interesting. So first off, Dan Christian has left and has gone, pretty much gone home to New South Wales. He signed with the yeah. Sydney Thunder. He's, funnily enough, back playing for UNSW. Um, so, you know, good to see him sort of back in the, back in the Sydney scene. Tom Cooper back to the Adelaide Strikers and Jake and Jack Waldemuth to the Brisbane Heat. Couple of interesting ones there. Uh, Dan Christian sort of been a bit has a bit of a journeyman factor about himself. I think he's his fourth team now that he's playing in the BBL. But he's always handy with both bat and ball.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Look, Dan Christians a a great player, and I think he'll be great. I think he might be at the Sixers this year. But he, um, yeah, he's always a handy player to. He's a bad player to lose, but um, I, I think they've sort of just gone in a bit of a different direction. I think Dan wanted probably I think a longer term deal, but uh, he's a superstar and he'll be a big loss for him. But I, I think some of the guys they've got coming in, um, they, they should be able to cover it, and I I trust in the great um,
1: the great Maxi. That having said that, some very very interesting signs to, to look at because these guys could be impact players. Noel Ahmed, one of the overseas signings, along with uh, Riley Rosso, and Imran Tahir. Now, a curious one here. He's 41 years old, but like Rashid Khan, a very difficult league spinner to play in
2: 2020. 100%, 100%, mate. I think this is the difference between when we look at state cricket and... And cricket, we get so so much goes on the age of players, but I, I think when end of the day, to is a, a superstar. He's very good. The fact that he's 41 now, if he's fit and ready to go, it doesn't matter because potentially you don't need him next year. If you look, it looks like to me that the Renegades are doing things the right way and they're really trying to win the comp this year. And they're going to pick their best their best side, and you can go out around the world, find the best players you can get, and get them in. I, I think. In cricket, we do this all the time. We, we try and look for kids and we try and look for uh, younger guys to come in and probably before their time, whereas if it was me, if I was a general manager of a, a big bash side, I'd be picking my best team to win the comp this year. And uh, I think that you can see it in some of these squads. Some some have tried to build for the future. Um, others are trying to... Uh, win it now. So, um, I know which time, I know which team I'd want to be in.
1: The other two, the other two signings of note, um, uh, an old nemesis of yours, Josh Layla, has, uh, now gone to, left the Brisbane Heat for the, uh, for the Gates. Uh, always a very tricky bowler. And certainly last year the Brisbane Heat, he was outstanding. Yeah, mate.
2: Look, again, just a senior, a senior guy, um, it, mate, he's been awesome. Obviously, we, we know him in Sydney from what he's done at Penrith and with New South Wales, but uh, he's been awesome for the heat, and I think it's a great get. I, I've always thought that he's probably one of the best bowlers, best skilled bowlers in the country. Like, to be honest, if Josh was a foot taller, and I think he'd say the same thing himself, he's a foot taller, he probably would have played for Australia. He um, His skills are probably that much more superior than most going around the country, and it's probably only the the people in the know that actually understand that because he's a... He's a He's a super bowler and he's, as you can see from his stat line, that he's, he's outstanding.
1: Please don't talk to me about height. You know, trying to be a five foot ten quick, uh, impersonating it quick, it feels so bad from from my side standing standing amongst the land of giants sometimes. so. Um, <laughs> I'm mate, having... I,
2: I'd say the same thing about you, mate. If you were a couple of feet tall, you probably would have played for, uh, let's say, manly first grade. Maybe, maybe.
1: Tell that to Michael. Tell, Yeah, Michael Cosentino took all the hype from me. So um, one guy is certainly not lacking in size and stature at the moment, James Pattinson, not only able to bowl a very heavy ball, but his hitting at the deck is severely underrated.
2: Oh, 100%, mate. He's a, he's a great cricketer. He's been a... I think what he does with the ball and the pace that he can generate is uh, quite scary. And again, yeah, big bash cricket, the fact that he can hit the ball over 100 metres makes him very handy coming in the last couple of overs. So uh, he's another great get and he's a, he's a super guy. And I think as you can sort of see, if you have a look at all the names and the transfers that you're talking about these days, a lot of these guys are going back to their home home states and wanting to sort of be around the home cities. And um, James Pattinson's just another one who wants, wants to sort of spend that summertime Playing big bash with the, uh, with the red team. The gays themselves,
1: if you, if you were able to pick their, their gun lineup, it's a very dangerous team, especially with the likes of Aaron Finch, Alex Dolan and Marcus Harris and Sean Marsh at the top of the order. Obviously the strain of the one day scene takes away a lot of their, um, a lot of their power. They finished eighth last year. I can see a significant improvement in this lineup. Is it enough to make the finals?
2: Yeah, look, I, I genuinely think it is, and I think if you add, um, Pattinson back in, depending on obviously test selection, but, um, I, I think having someone like Sean Marsh, um, he's an incredible cricketer. Uh, Marcus Harris is very dangerous. Uh, I, I'd like to see them give him a game, uh, or a few more games this year. Uh, yeah, the, the, the lineup can, can be good. At like, end of the day, good cricketers make good T20 players, and that's what, um, that's what the Gays have got, and I think, They've got a they've got a year under the belt. I think Maxie last year, by memory, I think Andrew McDonald was given the reins of the Australian uh, was becoming an Australian assistant coach, and the Renegades had a couple of weeks to find a coach. And uh, I think Maxie having another year of planning and getting ready, and you can already see that by the signings they've made and um, by the internationals they've got in. I think they're going to be uh, probably the
1: surprise packet of the of the season. I'd say.
2: Absolutely, and it'd be well
1: deserved if he does manage to, to to do that for probably one of the unsung heroes of the uh, of the shield scene. Let's go to the green side of Melbourne. The Melbourne Stars they they finished first last year, but by jeez, are they ever going to shake this bridesmaid tag off?
2: Mate, it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch, right? Like it's a. Uh... It, it, they've been good. They've been consistent, um, and it's been a tough one for them. But look, they've got some. They've got some great players, and it's a, a great franchise, and
1: they're they're exciting. They're definitely exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they only had the one bad year where it was just one, the one of those seasons, really, where you would say everything that did, could go wrong did go wrong, and you just go look <laughs> just. Just write the season off. Just start again. It never happened, almost. So yeah, uh, I think
2: so, and I think yeah. that can happen in T Twenty cricket. You can if yeah. you don't get on a roll and you don't get off to a good start, you can uh, you can find yourself in
1: trouble. Yeah, the transfers uh, we did mention some of these already. Peter Hanscom obviously to the Hurricanes. Daniel Warrell to the Strikers. lamashan to the Hobart um, Hurricanes as well. Harris Reef um, has been released. I'll tell you what though. They're signing in. We already mentioned, uh, Billy Stanley coming over from the Adelaide Strikers. They picked up Liam H- young Liam Hatcher from the Sydney Thunder, uh, but they're overseas signing. Zahir Khan, um, picking up the ball. They've got, uh, Nicholas Puran as an overseas signing. they promoted Will Pukowski into the, uh, um, into the lineup. But I think the X factor for this team is some pom by the name of Johnny Besto.
2: Well that's it, mate. I think B ba- a superstar really. In T twenty cricket he's he's pretty bloody good. So I-, I think he'll be a bit of an X factor and I think he's here for um, a fair bit of the tournament too. So uh yeah, I, I definitely think he'll be a-, a great get for them. It's a it's a
1: huge get it's a huge get for them. Gives them another keeping op- option along the side, um said gotch. Uh, I- again, another team that in certain aspects could be um could struggle a little bit depending on international uh, international availability the likes of Adam Zampard, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis, although he's now, um, injured for a, a couple of weeks, so he might be making his way back in the Australian team via the big bash league. Uh, one guy who I think cricket's really forgotten about, and I think it's an absolute shame that, that it has ended up in that way, Nathan coulter 100%, mate,
2: and it's a, like, he's an extremely good cricketer, he's extremely, um, good T20 player and it's I, I agree with you there he can sometimes uh, I think sometimes we, we write these guys off or we they get an injury or they're a bit older and uh, but I think most of them just show that they're professional professional athletes they're fit and firing and they'll be he'll be good to go when it comes uh, comes time and he bowls the important overs and that's what's
1: that's what's Needed in T20 cricket. Now, you talk about the top of the order being all-important. Uh, I do rate the Melbourne Stars' um, top order. Well, of course, Stoinis usually has been um, opening the batting for them. But with Pakovsky going going up, he has some serious talent with them. You've also got Nick Larkin and Nick Madison, two guys you've played a lot of cricket against uh, in your time in Sydney. Uh, it's a very talented... Lineup, and what's interesting about it, it's not a line, it's not a batting lineup that's full of big hitters at the very top, safe for Stoiners. They're very much that sort of knock the ball around and sort of tie to the boundary.
2: Hundred percent, mate. And I think I've been playing. I played this weekend with Nick Madison. I would be if I was Australian cricket. I'd be watching this kid extremely closely because he's a superstar. And the way I've seen him bat this pre-season, I think Nick Maddinson's in for one of the biggest years and one of the biggest T Twenty years you'll see. Like, if, if I'm to pick a player of the tournament right now, Nick Maddinson's my guy. I think he's going to have a, a blockbuster year. The way he's hitting the ball. So, is
1: that most Is that most still there?
2: Yeah, that most still is there, and he's, he's going well, mate. He's newly engaged and oh, fantastic! And, um, newly engaged and very happy down in Melbourne, and. Um, Mate, he's a he's a he's a great person, uh, an extremely talented cricketer. Um, he's got everything sort of settled and in place for his life now. Do you just you watch this kid go this year? He'll um he'll he'll put some serious pain on some serious teams this
1: this season, I would think. Now a couple of interesting questions for you before we before we do go to the break. The the competition has been fiddling has been over the last ten years, sort of been fiddling around with the Wolves. Uh, this year, seeing the idea of the X-factor players, which is pretty much a glorified substitution points for whoever's on top at the equivalent ten-over mark, um, and the adjustment of the the so-called power play overs and the availability for their for their use, it's part of it seems to scream desperation to keep T20 cricket moving along. But does it get to a point where? it becomes too much and you want to see sort of wind back a bit? Or do you think there needs to be constant evolution to keep the game front of mind?
2: Yeah, look, I'm, not a, I'm not a great fan of what they're doing at the moment, to be honest. I think Australian cricket are probably trying to... Uh, I think they got a bit greedy last year and they probably put too many games on. I think the, the fixture last year, I think, even as an avid cricket fan, there was just too many games. Like, every night was the same thing. Um, I, I really didn't like that. I don't really love the, the new rule changes. I think it makes it really confusing. Um, but, look, hopefully it goes well. But I just i am a bit sceptical at the moment about it all. I, I think it's a great product. It's a great game. Um, I don't know whether every game needs to be 200 versus 200. I'd love to see them keep a bit more juice in the wicket and um, have that new ball zipping around a little bit more. And um, I think a great game of cricket... Uh, T20 cricket is 150 versus 150, with bat versus ball is a bit bit even. It's a, uh, I, I think we're getting to the point where it's becoming a bit uh, hit and giggle, and these players are extremely skilled. I think the boundaries are too short. Um, I don't like the substitute rule. I, I, maybe I'm a bit old school in being a T20 original, um, but I don't know. It's, uh, I, I just, I just want to see the guys go out there and, and play the game for what
1: it is. That's just... My own opinion. Funnily enough, I'm sort of with you on on a lot of those rules. I mean, I, it's one thing to have a substitution rule brought in as they've done for players with head injuries, which I think is you know fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but for what they're doing here, it's it, it, it's it's changed for the sake of change. I feel, and yeah, you, know, you get to a point where you just go, well, what's the point? Yeah. So yeah, we'll so see lot.
2: how we'll see how it goes. But I think we're both on the same page here. I think it's just clutching at straws and trying to um they they've got a good product the The game's great. um, let's just see these
1: guys get out there and and do their thing and, and I guess the other thing to point with it as well is that one of the competitions that hasn't had that much change the w b b l and look how well that went in terms of a viewership on terms of on t v but also people attending the grounds. It was one of the big it was their biggest year today,
2: yeah, and that's it. and I think it's great, and I think it's great that women's cricket's getting. Um, the exposure, it should be, and, that, and that's awesome, and I,
1: I agree. All right, well, we're going to take a, we're going to take a break here as the umpires call called Drinks. Uh, we'll be right back. Adam might hang around for a little bit with our second special guest. We'll be coming back very shortly with the second half of our BBL10 preview. This is Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at au, and available for download at podcast.com Apple Store, Google Play. Sorry, Google Play is no longer with us now. YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn Radio and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Splinter's Met Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, Tuning Radio and all good podcast sites. Yes, Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you, our special guest Adam Crossway, we've got our second one with us and I'll tell you what, if you thought one wasn't picking up, well we've got two and... Everyone's probably seen him on TV from time to time. He's he, he is the man living the dream at the moment. But today he's here to talk about his other big passion in life. It is cricket. He has played first-class T20 cricket. He, there are still videos of him taking absolute screamers over in New Zealand. Cameron Merchant, good evening to you.
0: Good evening to you, Anthony. Good evening to you, Adam Crossfate. What an absolute treat it is to be here. Thanks for having me, mate. And uh look forward to kicking off some real good chat about the BBL as the summer kicks off. Um, and it's at a time where at one stage I don't think any of us thought that this may happen. So I think it's an absolute pleasure and uh, let's get straight into it. So lovely to have you, mate. And Adam, how are you travelling down there in Melbourne, buddy? Mate, I-
2: I've been going good. I'm-, I'm out and about. I'm outside and- we're finally back playing cricket down here in Melbourne. It's uh it's a
0: good time. Good time. I love that. Let's talk about cricket really quickly. Uh a hundred for you, your first hundred for the St Kilda Club. How good are you, my friend? <laughs>
2: <laughs> mate, it was nice to get out there. It was nice to get off the mark to be honest. It's always always a nervous time in your first game to uh, first game of the year to make sure you get off the mark and then get to ten and you know the drill, mate. You've it got a, you've got a couple of hundreds under your belt. In your lifetime, I would have
0: thought. Indeed, but I don't think I would have done anywhere near the shadow batting that you would have done in lockdown in Melbourne. Um, But to do that, mate, come out your first game. But not only that, let's talk about, do you hear the stars that you're batting in and around and leading on the group? Adam Crossway, can you just rattle them off really quickly for us, please? Yeah, mate, I guess we, we've got a decent side at St
2: Kilda at the moment. We've got John Merlo uh, sitting at the top of the order, opening the batting with a guy named Marcus Harris, who's pretty good. Nick Maddinson coming in at three, and Peter Hanscom coming in at four, and I've just got to slide in at number five with a, a young Patrick Rowe, who's keeping wickets in the... He's a rookie contractor player at the Vicks as well. So, mate, we got, we got a decent side, but we were four for 50 on the weekend, so they didn't really fire that much. I didn't there think you could go. get Marcus Harris out at the moment, but uh, the Campbell blokes decided they could. So uh.
0: there you go, mentality and sort of mindset, and it just shows they are human. But and you just do what you do, Adam, and I love that about you. Couldn't be more excited to a lead them, <laughs> but to just knock off your first hundred for the St Kilda club. Well done, mate! Unreal. Thank well, you,
1: mate. Before we before we continue, Adam, I mean, we need to bring up Napa's form at the, the start of this year. I mean, we've seen this before when you've got, when you've got when you've got kids or are about to have kids, something happens to form, doesn't it, Crossy?
2: Mate, it really does. And to, and to see the 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 great man and the old great man uh, just continue <laughs> to roll on. I think people thought he was dead and buried three or four years ago, and they dropped him to second grade at Manly for some stupid reason. I don't know what <laughs> happened there, but he. He's mate. He's been rattling them off. I think he's averaging sixty this year, and he's leading that group. And he's teaching Ollie Davies out of bat, and Jack Edwards out of bat, and Joel Foster's got a hundred now. And he's he's just got these young kids under his wing, mate, and he's uh they're they're firing down at Manly, and it's probably all because of uh, the great Cameron Merchant, and he's only. He's only a couple of hundreds away from the all-time record at uh, at the Manly Cricket Club, and we're we're all sort of waiting for him to knock that off. So it's uh, the kids on fire. And then he's and Ollie Davies is batting that well. Napa decided to uh, to name his child after the great Ollie Davies, which is which was very nice of Jules to do that. So when Ollie captains Australia, we're going to know that. Um, yeah, he, young Ollie Merchant was uh, was named after an Australian captain.
0: True story, mate. He, he banged 130 that day and I showed Jules the highlights and I just said, look, honey, we can't, uh, we can't go past, uh, this wonderful inning. So I, I feel that it's in good stead that we call our child, uh, Ollie, Ollie Chase, <laughs> Oliver Chase Merchant. And, uh, so be it. <laughs> there it is. I'll,
1: I'll certainly, certainly keeping it in mind. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think my stories are going to be that good about, um, going to be that, that massive about it. All, all I can say about the, uh, the two kids at the moment is one looks like she could be playing on the, uh, the wing for the Matildas. Lorenzo, not quite sure, but we'll we'll see what happens. He's still got a few years ahead of him, so <laughs> Very so. good mate. But if there's
0: one thing I can put it down to, it is that your your priorities and completely change, mate, and all of a sudden cricket even more becomes just an enjoyable game because you've just got something really special in your life that you can't wait to come home to. That's why. That's why. So if you're, if you're in a bad run of form going to have yourself a kid, mate, it might just turn things around. Hey, I'll, I'll,
1: I will definitely vouch, I'll definitely vouch for, the, for that because, um, when we, when Lorenzo arrived, I think I took about 27 wickets the next season. So, um, yeah, definitely recommend big key factor for everyone here. You want to have good form, start having babies. There we are. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There's a secret. There's a secret. I won't put a my secret. Name to that,
0: to that <laughs> place, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just train a little bit harder. One or the other,
1: I'll take it. Uh, yeah, ahead, absolutely. So, um, look, Adam, we do want to say thank you for, so much for for joining us tonight. I know you've got other priorities to do. We thank you so much for giving us um, just a little bit over half an hour of your time here. So, enjoy the rest of your evening.
2: No worries, boys. And it's great to catch up with uh, two of the greats of. Uh, Manly cricket, so it's, uh, it's and Sydney grade cricket and Sydney cricket in general for the ball. So, um, thank you guys and uh, good luck, napper I'll be I'll be listening in to to see what you think of these big bash ties coming up. It's going to be a an exciting year, and um, please, Cameron, make sure you you break some records this year and uh, and get the boys over the line.
0: Thank you, Adam. As you too, mate. Did you just out of curiosity, did you speak out uh, wholesome truth and honesty where you were, or did you sort of just sit on the fence a little bit? With no, this, no. I, I think we then. went through the teams and we, we we were
2: pretty honest with them all. It's uh, mate, there was some good sides there, and as I said, the big bash. We're all excited about it, and we're excited to get it going and and watching it. And as I said at the start, it's the teams that win the close games that are going to be there at the end. So um, I think that's a it's a big part of what's going on in uh, BBL this year. So good luck with your uh, analysis, Cameron, and um, Anthony. Thank you so much, mate. It's it's always good to speak to you, carouse anytime. So. I think we should uh, we should do this
1: more often. Absolutely, this is the this is the joy of technology, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much once again to Adam Crossway, and the best of luck to the St Kilda Cricket Club for the rest of the season ahead. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. What a Go, man. You, Go get them, buddy. Go get them,
0: legend. Thanks, mate. Uh,
1: absolutely, Cameron. It's a uh, it's a big season of BBL now. Uh, we've gone through half of the teams here, it's, it's, and it's shaping up to be another big big season. Uh, we're going to go straight into it, and the first team we got up for you, the team that came seventh last year, coached by Darren Lehman, is the Brisbane Heat, uh, and really, after the last couple of seasons, fairly disappointing seasons for them, they've gone in and wielded the axe on the lineup. And I think it was about
0: time, to be honest. I think they've, the Brisbane Heat come in with so much promise every single year, and they've got some wonderful fans up there in Brisbane at the Gabba that turn up week in week out for them but they just continue to let them down unfortunately and if chris lynn doesn't fire he even he wielded an apology to the fans last year and and i think that says something in itself that they're they're taking a little bit of accountability and responsibility um they haven't been good enough and to not make the finals with their star-studded lineup that they have they needed some serious, drastic changes. I think Darren Lehman, um, again, taking over the reins there and bringing in some new personnel um, and some and some serious character um, and maybe changing the culture up a little bit that can can develop the the skill and talent uh, that they have to go deep into the competition. Let's go
1: through those transfers that have come out there and some big names that have happened there. Talking to culture, you've, you've mentioned it. Ben Cutting to the Sydney Thunder, Josh Layla to the Renegades, Matt Renshaw's gone to the, to the strikers. Pattinson's gone home to the Renegades. Jack Presswich has joined him. And then Avi De Villiers not, not available though. And he only played a couple of games last year. But for mine, it's, you know, it's, it is very much established stars getting weeded out of the squad.
0: Yeah. Again, again, what, what were those players bringing? Um, and whether that, that was the, the players themselves. Or was it an in-house uh, culture thing um, that they needed to get? They needed to, to re-establish themselves and, and find a little bit of unity. I know yeah, there's so, so many stars. They're obviously going to base their team around Chris Lynn again. Um, and this year, a couple of import well, not even imports. You've got Mor- the great Mornay Morker who played down at Manly this year, and he's obviously got that AB de Villiers connection that's taking him to uh, to the Brisbane Heat, um, but he just adds not only the skills and the gift of what he does as a as a bowler, but also w- what a wonderful human being. And maybe that's where they're looking to develop just good good individuals, good honest human beings that um, can
1: get the job done. The other thing that's going to be worrying me for to, to the Brisbane Heat is the availability of some of their big name some of the big name players that have got there. It feels like this team's been built around, in particular, with Maris Lavashay. He's not going to be available due to international duties now. Joe Burns there's talks about him now coming to the Australian lineup with David Warner out injured. And all of a sudden, that, that top order is starting to look a little threadbare. Yep,
0: yeah, it certainly, it certainly would, mate. And again, they just base it around, purely around Chris Lynn. If Chris Lynn doesn't fire every week, which, you know, we're all human, he's not going to, um, who do they find it? Now, funny enough, uh, Renshaw found some, a little bit of form last year, and even though he's not going to, strike at the 200 mark but you can see that you can win BBL competitions striking that sort of 120 130 mark and you can build up what the Thunder have sort of silly done um, and a lot of teams do you have that sort of roaming bank stable player in there they've obviously lost lost Renshaw um, who's going to take that 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 time on Joe Burns was finding some form can clear the pickets but um, who are the superstars that 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 the Gabba fans want to come and watch. Well, we're going to pay close attention to see what happens. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want to fly under the radar a little bit and actually win some cricket games rather than going blasting them and be hot and cold week to week.
1: I'm I'm going with the verdict at the moment that they'll the top five, and I'm going to stick my neck out here and I say, out of all teams here, this is my pick for the spoon. They need all a right. year. They need a year to restart this team. I think they'll struggle and they'll be better for it in the next couple of years.
0: Is well, it can't go any worse. So if that's for your tip, mate, then, uh, then the Heat and the Brisbane supporters are in for one, sorry, a big bash.
1: And your your thoughts on that? Your thoughts on where they're going to finish? I like to think that
0: Darren Lehman is, is the type of coach that brings wonderful culture, brings a, a good, solid team together, and they actually play for the coach. Obviously, year after year there, whether they've been Vittorian, and this, they've sort of just been a little bit um, self-centred or however they've sort of been, but they haven't been able to bring it together. Darren is the man that, that can do that. And if you play for a, a player, maybe they just find and get the job done. Uh, they bring, they put egos aside and, and, and get a couple of W's and, and who knows from there. So, um, too early to, to see.
1: Uh, but for now, we'll see how the, the heat go. Well, from one team playing in, in an absolute scorch to the scorches themselves, uh, Adam Voges coaching them again this year and after many seasons where playing the Perth Scorchers at home would be considered a daunting trip and not just with the red eye flight back home, uh, they, they've really just lost that sort of essence of what it was like, uh, playing at the, playing in the old days, playing at the wacker, the bounciest deck around, probably the fastest bowling lineup in the competition. Uh, didn't rely a lot on spin, but then again, when you had a bowling attack headed up by Mitchell Johnson and Nathan Coulton-Isle, you didn't really need to rely on spin that much when you can you know, have bowlers that could regularly, accurately hit your chest as if it was a test match.
0: True story. And and, and times of, of – when you watch a cricket game in Perth, whether it be the test match, ODIs or even Big Bash, it does. It, ha- it has changed, and I know it's a fantastic – Beautiful, magnificent, up stadium that they've got there up in Perth. But it, it does. It does feel different, uh, and it probably just hasn't had the same recollection uh, that has been in future times for the Scorchers, who, again, have been uh, so, so worthy of their championships um, in BBL's pre- previous.
1: No transfers out this year. They've, they've picked up three overseas signings. Uh, Joe Clark, Colin Munro, the, the big name, Jason Roy, coming over from England – um, to bolster the, the batting lineup alongside Liam Livingston and, and Tim David. The real strength that they've got in here, they've still got a couple of those pretty decent quicks, though, in the likes of Jason Berendorf, Jai Richardson and AJ Tai, along with having Mitchell Marsh um, handling some of the, the pace bowling as well. I just wonder if that top-to-middle order are still going to be as damaging as it once was.
0: Well, I think you can't you can't complain about what the the pace attack that they do have, and in in T20 cricket, the first six overs is so important. And if you're losing, if you're losing your top three, and you're losing the stats show, if you're losing two to three, four wickets in the power play, then percentages show that you don't go on to win that game. And if you've got the likes of Berendorf. and a life, this pace attack, this fast pace, young pace attack, that have got some experience now. Uh, Jai Richardson, not only are they bowling fast, they've got some experience. They've got some wisdom about them. Um, and they've been playing together as a team for a long time now. So, um, yeah. I'd certainly like to think it's probably one of the better fast bowling attacks, um, that they've got. The only thing they'll struggle with potentially is obviously the, if the wickets stay nice and quick and bouncy. And, and then you've got a, a quality batting lineup to, to match that up. If you've got Jason Roy, he can be rocks or diamonds, unfortunately. Um, the Sixers brought him out a couple of years ago, and he was absolutely horrendous. Uh, and then he went into play England in the first ODI and belted 150-plus, and the Sixers were sitting there scratching his head saying, thanks, mate, we just gave you that opportunity to perform up. Um, so it depends what, what mentality and what mood. Uh, that Jason Roy's in, but if he is on, he can be so critical to a batting lineup and really win you some cricket games. So he's a special player, that's for sure. Um, you put the, you string them together along with, with Voges as well, another phenomenal loyal coach that that players want to play for and the Scorchers would be right up there for for this year's Bbl. I, I,
1: I think I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I, I've tipped that they'll be on the cusp of the top five, but there's about four or five teams that I think are just sort of in that mix. Say from about seventh to third or even fourth per se that are battling for those finals positions. And as we know over the last couple of years, those positions often picked by, uh, often decided by net run rate by that stage.
0: True story. True story, right. mate. They're,
1: they're, they're a,
0: they're a high quality and class and professional team, the Scorchers. They always have been. They always will. And I can't see that changing. So they, yes, you're right. They'll be there and thereabouts for this year's
1: BBL. Well, let's go to the next team. It is the defending champions, coached by Greg Shippard, after finishing second and once again causing more heartache to the, uh, the Melbourne Stars who just seem to can't shake their bridesmaids tag. It's the Sydney Sixers. Uh, no transfers out this year, but they have brought in some big names for this year. Dan Christian joins from the Melbourne Renning Case. Mitchell Stark will play when available. But for mine, the big exciting one here, is Carlos Brathwaite coming back to the magenta side of Sydney. I remember the one year he came out and played, and it was like the first couple of years when they had Dwayne Bravo play, that it was excitement personified. Yeah, it
0: certainly is. Carlos Brathwaite is a a wonderful human being, serious player. Obviously saw him winning the T20 World Cup for the West Indies few years back, uh, against England. And he, and he comes back. He's had some experience in the international level. He's had some experience in the BBL level now. He looks magnificent in magenta and he's coming back to do what he does, especially when he smiles. He is, there's no better sight and he's one of the loveliest human beings you can ever meet in world cricket as well, Carla. So, um, mate, when he fires, he, he will be a certain force, um, and add some great experience for the Sydney Sixers.
1: The great thing the Sixers have done over the last couple of years that they've really started promoting players from New South Wales Premier Cricket, which seemed, obviously, with yourself, the experience that you've had with playing with the likes of the Edwards brothers, with Jackson Bird coming through, and then in the competition playing against the, the likes of Sean Abbott, Dan Fallons, his uh, friends playing obviously in the same team as Stephen O'Keefe. It just seems to get bigger and bigger. In the last couple of years, we've even seen the likes of Hayden Kerr and Ben Menenti even get their start. Menenti, I thought, was one of the breakout players last year for the Sixers.
0: He, he certainly was. He's, he's been a young talent for a long time, young Ben Benetti, and he, and he bowls. He's got a nice string. He bowls quite well. He's got a great attitude. And this year, if there was any criticism, it was potentially about his weight and him moving across the deck. He has been as fit as ever. Um, this year, so watch a completely different looking player because he looks magnificent. Um, and, and that just shows the commitment and the loyalty that Sixers have shown to him to choose players within the Premier, to Premier League. And that gives everyone in the, the Sydney grade competition a leg up to say, you know what, if I'm scoring runs and I'm there and thereabouts, I'm, I've got a, a potential chance. To be to represent the Sydney Sixers, and that's exactly what's what what's happening in the homegrown stakes here. And um, and again, the defending premiers, I think they'll go uh, they'll go close to it with bringing in the likes of Carlos Braithwaite and and Dan, Dan Christian, who's University of New South Wales uh, local. Uh, he played great cricket on the weekend, um, great fella, serious cricketer, uh, mine many, many flags all around T20 competitions all over the world. Can so hit, can hit a, a long ball. ball. He certainly can, he certainly can. And I'll give you a quick, uh, a, 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 I, I spoke to Dan, I was with him in, in, at his county cricket in England, and a couple of years ago. And, um, and he's a fantastic fella, but I always remain, if there's any cricketers that just feel like they're almost done or, just dusted and, and Dan will be one to admit that, and he almost was. I think he was at a stage, I remember playing against him, where he was ready to almost give cricket away. And that's where the first year when Cricket South Wales brought out the, um, uh, the, the Sydney grade four teams so you had sydney north east west and south and we played this competition and dan christian just through obviously sheer talent but runner form he had a couple of hundreds in those and he just went from strength to strength he got a small opportunity that new south wales cricket gave him obviously then went to south australia um and then to victoria now back in the sixes um that just shows you how close you actually can be when you think you're so far away. So I love that story of Dan Christian. You can see he's been a phenomenal cricketer um, and a professional one at that for, for many years. So uh, added advantage and bonus for the Sydney Sixers.
1: One last player we're going to mention here is the guy who I thought carried the Sydney Sixers kicking and screaming into that finals, uh, especially into the top two finish. I think for mine, close to if not the best all-rounder In World T20 cricket And it is The Englishman Tom Curran himself Yeah Tom Curran's
0: back I think he's got a couple of years left They love him Serious player He He's You don't get voted uh, Player of all players for, For no reason And he's And he is a serious T20 player and he's done incredible things for, for the Sydney Sixers. Um, and that's great. I've got no doubt he'll be exciting and raring to go along with the Magenta fans to see him back that, back another premiership up. But I just want to give a small mention to someone you just mentioned just before. And that's the man of Stephen O'Keefe, who's a local manly boy. Um, he, he obviously finished up his first class career with New South Wales this year, but what he has given back. To Manly and Premier Cricket this this season has been nothing short of sensational, um, and not only that, not just his his time and his efforts and his encouragement with all the youngsters, not just in first grade, mind you, but all through the grades from first grade to fifth grade at Manly training every Tuesday and Thursday um, has been absolutely phenomenal. And not only that, he has taken Sixers and Fifers and wickets week in, week out. And, um, he's looking as good as ever, Stephen O'Keefe. And I just want to wish him all the best because he is, he's is a sensation. Um, not just as a cricketer, but as a human being. So I, I wish him all the best and hope no doubt Sixers fans will, will love him. Because when he's on, um, then there's no better, no better search. I've heard he's.
1: Uh, I heard he's been singing a little bit of training. Is he? Uh, is he training up to be the next um media sensation? Maybe going on the voice at some point. Well, see so what he has got is
0: his His 1920s commentary is nothing short, sure. absolutely <laughs> hilarious to be honest, mate. Joel Foster scored 100 on the weekend, and he was 97, and he said he was going to commentate his video and commentate his, the next three runs that he got, and it started off with. Um, the bowler runs in, left, right, left, right, he delivers the ball, and Joel Foster back and forth. A nifty little defensive shot there, no run. Again, comes in, left, right, left, right, over the wicket, and it's short and wide, Joel Foster back and across, and, and out, four runs, and Joel Foster brings up his first 100 for the season and first in his career. Congratulations, Joel Foster, you're an absolute weapon. It was very, very very funny, um, and he's certainly one of the funniest blokes I know. Uh, That's for sure.
1: Let's go across now from the magenta to the lime green of the Sydney Thunder. Coach fire, honestly, one of my favourite fast bowlers of all time in Shane Bond. And just to mention very quickly, of a career that that might have been, honestly, if his back hadn't given way, I think he would have been one of the great quicks of all time.
0: Yeah, certainly a, a wonderful bowler. I remember when he just jumped onto the scene against Australia and he just didn't he bowl fast and didn't he bowl well and, and he really made an impression in international cricket. And uh, I think he obviously had a, a stellar career um, and a, a policeman still as, as he goes and now he's jumping into the, the, the bowling and coaching ranks. And he's doing a phenomenal job there, um, Shane Bond. Funny enough, I did face him in his prime when I was playing in New Zealand Um, I might not say his prime, but it was still clocking up there. So that was an experience myself, him throwing a few thunderbolts at me.
1: What um, was it, what was it, what was it about his action in particular that made it so fierce?
0: Yeah, it was pure momentum and just power through the crease. And and, and a a large man that he is, but very strong and sturdy. And he just, he used all that to his advantage. And his levers that could get through, his whip of the wrist. It was was really special. And it was one of those moments where I think, geez, I'm facing Shane Bond here. This is great. But I managed, managed to do... To peel him off my nose for a boundary, and and I'll never forget it. Every time someone brings up his name, and I haven't mentioned to him at the Thunder, I haven't knocked into him yet. But um, but no, a, a phenomenal bowler uh, in world cricket, and now making his name in, in the coaching ranks
1: at the Thunder, uh,
0: and alongside mm-hmm. obviously as his assistant coach, in Sean Bradstreet, who was uh, very close to Manly Waratahs as well. Yeah, well
1: let's go through the uh, let's go through the transfers. Uh, the players that have come out uh, from that team, Chris Morris, who's been released, Gorinda Sandu, who's been released, Liam Hatcher, who's now gone to the Melbourne Stars, and one very close to our half, Jay Lenton, who has been released. Um, I think maybe a touch harsh done by... Given that of the keepers that they had at the time, I thought Jay was probably the best technical keeper of the lot. Jay, unfortunately,
0: never got that real, real opportunity to, and I'm not saying he didn't get an opportunity, but just to, just to knuckle down for about six, a couple of games to go, not just with his keeping. I think he did some phenomenal, um, work with his keeping and, and, and won some matches with very nifty behind the stumps, but also his batting. I mean, he's a, he's a big man. And I think if, if, look, I don't know what happens, but, it, to encourage a player to get a few games and give him the opportunity to to really strike out um, and hit and hits a long ball, he's, he's scored runs after runs in great cricket. But not only that, to clear the pickets. I would love to have seen that opportunity right now. Not to be, um, he falls down the picking order. But I always sort of say you never know what could happen with a couple of injuries. He could be right back in there and um, and never know with a with a newborn <laughs> underway like we talked about before. Um, his cricket is, is right there to just be able to pick up again, um, and enjoy
1: his time if you've got the opportunity to play Big Bash. Well, from, from that, let's go to the, the positives that we've seen this year and some, uh, very big, uh, very decent names that have come in uh, this year for them. Tanvir Sanger, one of the young kids promoted from the state squad. Sam Billings, who I think is a great signing, um, from England. Ben Cutting, of course, coming across from the Brisbane Heat. Adam Milne. Uh, one of their overseas signings, but the big talk for the Thunder is 20 years old, who's finally going likely to get his debut for this year. Some kid by the name of Oliver Davies, superstar, he's a phenomenon,
0: and we're going to see him representing Australia in in a few years to come. What what frightens me a little bit is that he probably mm. won't start. Mm. That's what really does. Because um, if you go go through that batting lineup right now, give me your top six and find a place for him. Um, if you can, speaking to him, you, you just don't know. But what I did say to him, only yesterday, he scored 110 of just 50 deliveries, 110 not out in the first game against the Georgia in the T20. He is just something special. He is a freak. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you get the opportunity, just stick by this kid because he is something very, very special. And years to come, we'll be talking about him in the same sort of light as, a, as the likes of, a, a, I think, um, in around that sort of just Steve Smith and um, genuine he'll be he 'll be a Australian player for many years. He was just born to play cricket and that 's exactly what he 's doing so but i'd just like to think the Thunder find a, 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 an opportunity for him somewhere within the tournament if not at the start
1: definitely throughout the middle and towards the back end they 're bowling where do they where do they go with their bowling they 've got um Tanby saying that they've bought they 've kept chris Tremaine. Uh, Adam Milne comes in obviously to to plug the hole, and they've gotten local talents in John O'Cook, McAndrew, Daniel Samson, Arjun Nair. Both, you know, honest bowlers. But is there an X-factor in that bowling lineup?
0: Uh, I think for a few years now they've sort of based their attack around spin, and you look at Chris Green. Unfortunately, got suspended last year. He he was at a bent elbow, and he's he's looking to and he's sorted that out, which is great. So I'm I'm, I'm more than happy, and he's been cleared. It's fantastic. So he's cleared to play, um, and to do what he does so well. I'm a I'm a fan of Chris Green. His work ethic and what he's achieved is phenomenal. He'll continue to do that. I think they'll play Nair. So that sort of spin orientated um lineup. They'll base it around there, especially if it's out at Homebush where they've got a slower track. And then you've got the sort of like, I think they'll just get their their overs in, but they're not going to blow teams up away. Adam Milne Yes, he bowls high pace, but geez, he's a definitely gettable as well. I faced him a few years ago in New Zealand when he was just coming out of the scene. He was bowling rapid. I think he sniffed me a couple of times. They've got that that, that real change up. I think they, they look to build their team around their, their spin options.
1: It's going to be an interesting season for them this year. They did finish fifth. They made the semi-final, so they did quite well. Last year, I see them making their, making the finals again. They're going to be battling for the top five, but I think they're the kind of team that if they do make the top five, they are probably the, the team no one will want to play in the finals. Interesting call, Anthony. So it's, look, it, it's, it's one thing to, to sort of maintain sort of consistency and form over the course of the year. We've known the Sydney Thunder to at times be a little bit inconsistent. But then again, when it gets to finals team, at finals cricket, as you know, it's a whole different ball game. You throw form out the window, and that's when the Thunder really do become dangerous.
0: Mm, it certainly does feel like a, a little bit of the Melbourne Cup. No one knew who to pick. No one knew where to come from and who was going to beat. It. It's just throw your hat in the ring and see where it comes up. Trump's, I don't think it's still the first sort of round, um, that will really get where everyone's sort of played each other, where we'll get a true indication of where teams are at. And, again, all it comes down to is momentum, being at the right place at the right time, um, and that is where we'll see the teams develop. Well,
1: before we go, a quick thought on the new rule changes, the power surge, the X-Factor and the bash boost. Your thoughts needed to keep the game fresh, or are they going to part with these rule changes?
0: Oh well, can I just bring in one thing that I read today, and I just and it just made me so mad. Ian Chappell talking about banning the switch hit, I just think is so absurd. Really quickly, like what are you thinking? The game has progressed a long way since you started playing, my friend. So just go with it. The crowd want to see switch hits; they want to see excitement. And to, to even bring that up, I just think's an absolute jolly. Um, but away from that, yeah, look, new word, new new rules. Um, you got to keep it exciting. You got to keep it; otherwise, it just continues to just get monotonous uh week in, week out. The fans need to new things. And look, you've always got to try. No one's going to say it's going to be the right thing or the wrong thing, but you've got to try these things before before it can go out. Look at what happened many, many years ago. They had this power, the super sub in the in the in the Ryobi Cup or whatever that might have been in the state competition. Um, look, it did, did it help? I was speaking to so- Stephen O'Keefe the other day about it. He thought it was a great thing. I think they're looking at bringing something like that back. It gets, it uh, once again, any which way an opportunity to improve cricket, to improve the pace and to keep it more entertaining than it already
1: is, is a, is a positive in my book, 100%. With that, the big bash certainly can't be accused of resting on its laurels as there are more changes this year to the competition than there are mood swings coming from Donald Trump. We can't wait for this season to start. I want to thank our guest tonight, obviously, Adam Crossover we had him on earlier. Karen Merchant, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, it's been a while and we can't let it be that much of a gap
0: again. Indeed, mate. Thank you so much for having me. You're doing a stellar job, buddy. You're keeping it upbeat and exciting for everyone to listen to, so... Um, congratulations. Well done. And it was a pleasure to be here and talk all things magical, BBL, and cricket, the things that we love, mate. So I wish you all the best in the summer. And to all the listeners, go get them, buddy. Enjoy it.
1: Absolutely. And uh, to, to yourself, Jules, and your little one, all the very best. Absolutely. This has been Splinters, the best podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available to download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube, Music, Spotify, TuneIn Radio and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Adam Crossway, Cameron Merchant, I'm Anthony The Bull Caruso. As always, run hard or run home. Good night.